So you know you need to coach your employees, but how do you do it? How do you move from managing and supervising and leading to coaching and growing your employees? Well, today we're gonna to tell you how curiosity is your superpower to help you learn how to coach your employees. Welcome to the Surviving to Thriving podcast that helps women leaders in nonprofits get out of survival mode and thrive in both leadership and life. I'm your host, leadership development coach, Kathy Archer, and I help women leaders enjoy impactful leadership. Today, I'm talking to Michelle Malloy Dillon. Michelle is going to share her story in the interview, so I don't want to give it all away, but know that she comes from a background of arts. She sees things differently. She's got some really cool creative perspectives that she brings to coaching and to leadership. And she also has, you know, lots of involvement in nonprofits as well. So you're going to hear all of that as we talk. What I want you to clue into, though, is there are sort of four things that we talk about that are going to help you really become better at coaching your employees. Take notes. There's lots of good little nuggets in this session. But let's dive in and learn how to coach your employees using curiosity as your superpower. Welcome to the podcast, Michelle. I'm super excited to talk about how to coach your employees and how to use curiosity as we're doing that. And I know that you and I are both coaches and we certainly use curiosity a lot, but I'm excited to teach everybody else about that as well today. Before we get there, tell everybody a little bit. I mean, like I say, we're both coaches, but man, did we ever get here from different paths? Tell everybody how you got to where you are today and what you do today. Thanks, Kathy. Thanks for having me on your podcast. This is wonderful to have a conversation. So yeah, uh, how did I get to coaching? Well, prior to coaching, I had a 20 plus year career as a professional photographer. And so I like to look at look at the, the lens that I have been curious my whole career. I just didn't always have that terminology for it. So I would use my camera to photograph people and tell stories. I was hired to photograph um, uh, annual reports and uh, uh, personal family portraits and weddings and life events, bar and bat mitzvahs, you know. So I was always telling the story of what was happening in front of my camera and really finding that story that my clients wanted to tell for themselves too. Uh, when they hired me, there was always a conversation about, well, what's, you know, what do you want to happen? And, you know, what do you hope is revealed? Or what's your relationship with this person that you want me to capture uh, in, in film or digital, depending on the <laughs> decade I was working? <laughs> and as my, as my 20 year career began to feel like it was coming to the end of its arc, there was sort of like, there were some frustrations I had around the technology and things that were necessary in the business. But there was also this sense that there was something more waiting for me out there. And I didn't know what it was, but when I look back on it, it all comes, it all connects. There were times when I was photographing very famous people, giving speeches or leaders of companies, and I could see that the impact that they were having in the room was either really wonderful and seemed to be really consciously created or was completely falling flat. And they had no idea. They had no, they were not in touch. They're clueless. What they were completely clueless. It was the most painful kind of photo shoot to photograph because I thought, oh, this could be so much better. And so when I look back on it, that's why I do the work I do now, 
as a coach where I can really help people have the impact they want to have and how to consciously have that kind of impact. So one of my clients, one of my photography clients happened to be a coach, although I didn't know it at the time because I photographed her wedding, but I found out later what she did for work. And I didn't even know what coaching was at the time, but thought that sounds like something that I might want to explore. And so I took a fundamentals coaching course through the Coactive Training Institute and I was bitten by the bug. <laughs> so now I work with people in a very curious way without a camera in my hand to help them really accomplish these goals and dreams that they set out that they want to have. Uh, there's often when I'm coaching people, I'm talking about their filter or their lens or their story or their narrative or so it does all fit so well and and. Often we're talking about what's the story you're making up in your head or what's the, you know, story you're telling yourself about this other person or this situation or whatever. I got a teardrop falling down my eye. We, Michelle and I had a little moment before the recording started uh, and we'll not get into that, but um, yeah, we just had a few tears. And so yeah. one last tear falling An down. authentic human moment. Yeah, an yes. authentic human moment. Yeah. Um, and there was a story to it. There's a story to everything. And so when you're talking about this lens or this filter, I love that you create it now, this ability to still see that, help people pick their story, choose the story, especially leaders. Um, you work with other people around nonprofit leadership. Tell everybody what you do in that realm. Yeah, I work with nonprofit leaders to grow their leadership. That's sort of our tagline at Fundraising Leadership. And it really is, a, you know, toward the end of my photography career, I was actually working with a lot of nonprofits to tell their stories. And that's the connecting uh, piece, too, between the two careers, is that I love the work that nonprofits are up to. People who work in nonprofits are very mission-oriented you know, they, they have the, really the best of civilization at heart. Like they really want the best for people and, and impacts. And they often get lost along the way in the details. Um, and, and that can be, you know, that can be really difficult for a leader. And if leaders are really worried about finding the right solution all the time and holding all of that pressure to do the right thing at all times, it can lead to breakdowns. And so curiosity can be a real superpower to get through that and to engage the, the help as well as the empowerment of other people that you have on your team to let's get this mission accomplished. And there's actually many different ways we could do that. So we're going to explore some of those ways. For those of you that don't know, Michelle works with Janice Cunning, who is on the podcast. Oh, like one of the very, very early episodes. I can't remember the number. I should have looked it up. So I'll make a link to towards below. And then David as well. And there's a fourth person. Margaret Katz can. Yeah. yeah. So the four of you work together, fundraising, leadership, go listen to your guys's podcast as well. Lots that happens there. Yeah, we all do one on one coaching and we do leadership programs for teams within the nonprofit space. Yeah. And so you teach people how to coach their employees. Why is this a problem? Why are people not coaching their employees? What gets in the way of people coaching their employees? Well, I don't know that it's like they won't coach them. It's more like they're, they're unaware of these skills that are available to them. <clears throat> we like to say in fundraising leadership that there's, there's really three ways of being a leader. There's the leader who sees the overall picture. There's the manager who is in the day-to-day 
you know, let's get these tasks done. And then there's the coach. So as a leader, you can put on any of these three hats, the coach hat, the manager hat, or the leader hat. And as a coach, if you put on your coach-like hat as a leader, you really are able to be um, curious with your team, uh, put aside your assumptions, uh, or, and even some judgments you may have in order to elicit information and inclusivity about what ideas might be generated or what might different perspectives might be coming at the organization from different places. Okay. I love leader, ma- manager, coach. Tell me how a conversation, we're not going to tell people coaching yet for a moment, but just give me an example of a conversation you're having with an employee with your manager hat and how that might be different with your coach hat. Yeah. So the manager hat, you know, the manager may be having a one-on-one with their uh, direct report and they may say, you know, we have this deadline on Thursday. This is what needs to be done. Step A, B, and C, you know, go out and do it and it better be done. And it better be done right. Like this, there's no second guessing. I mean, you don't have to be that demanding as a manager, but you know, that's sort of the bottom line way. Like these, this is what has to be done. Go do it. Yes. And it might even be, here's the shifts you work. Here's the clients you have. Here's the fundraising deadline goals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lots of different things. Yeah. Yeah. How would that one-to-one sound differently as a coach? So as a coach, like manager, you may say, here's the deadline. We have this thing happening on Thursday and this is the deadline. And um, there's some steps to get there. What steps might you see that you need to take to get to, to meet that goal and just stop and listen. And you may be able to add in some extra steps, of course, that you're seeing as well, but finding out where that person is in their perspective of this. I know you have lots of other work going on in order to meet this high priority goal. What might you need to say no to or find help getting done also to meet this deadline? Yeah. Like what, what kind of resources do you need from me or other people in yeah. the organization to meet this deadline? So, so it's more of a place of curiosity, asking open-ended questions where you're not quite sure what the answer is going to be from the other person, but being able to elicit a conversation of support and empowerment. So this person feels they have everything they need to have to get this deadline met. Okay. Pause for a moment. Asking questions you don't know the answer to. Say more about that. Yeah, you know, so often we have sort of an agenda in our own head, or we may ask a question where we feel like, you know, I already know the answer. But the the superpower of being truly curious is to ask a question of someone that you actually don't know the answer in order to elicit more information. And questions that start with what or how tend to be more open-ended. Those are the best ones. Those are the best ones. A lot of times we want to ask the questions that start with why. And oftentimes a why question can actually have judgment embedded into it. Like you're pointing. Yeah. 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 Like, why do you want to do that? Or, you know. I often find the why questions put people on the defense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So avoid, avoid why questions as much as possible. So this is a superpower. How do you get this superpower? Because most people are like, I ask questions. How do you develop this skill where it becomes like amazing and grows your team? Yeah. 
Yeah. The first and foremost thing is to tune up your listening as a listener. It's really about stepping back a little bit and listening before speaking or before giving your own ideas um, and allowing that space for that person to to step in a bit more. So often leaders feel like they have to have the right solution. And so they work really hard to have the right solution and then to call their teams in and say, I finally figured it out. This is what we're doing. And this is what you're going to do. And you're going to do, and you're going to do. And that's so much work and it's so much pressure and it may actually not be the right way to do things for leaders. Mm -hmm. So to be able to call in people and say, what's the most important thing about this goal or this deadline for us? Like, why is this important? And elicit those ideas from you as well as other people to get to that um, get to that most important thing so people feel like, okay, now I'm on board. I understand why this is important. It's not just another thing to do, but there's actually a, a real good reason for this. Which connects back to the Gallup research around engagement, right? People want to know that they're doing uh, mission-driven, meaningful, connected work. And often when we've got that manager hat on, task, 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 do this deadline, we miss the connection to what's important. Yes. And so I love that you're talking about how coaching draws that out and, you know, connects the dots. This task, why is it important? Why is it important to you as an individual? Why is it important to our organization? Um, And letting them speak to that. It also connects to our sense of belonging. And, you know, really for, for, organizations to accomplish the great work that they're up to, everyone needs to feel like they have a stake in the game and a sense of belonging as a team to make this happen. And so by by sitting back a little bit more as a leader and really tuning up your listening skills, just sit back and listen. You're able to sense what, what is it about this person or this team in front of me that we really can embrace and we can bring out as a as a skill that we all need to move forward. I, and that, I uh, tell my know, what's the look on your face? <laughs> tell my granddaughters, turn up your listening ears, right? Yes, yes. Uh, and here's here's what I want to know, Michelle. One of the hardest things, and you said it a minute ago, as a leader, my job is to know the answers, to fix problems, to yeah. solve things. How? do you teach leaders? How do leaders learn how to zip their lip and be quiet? Yeah. Silence is the hardest thing. Yeah, it how is. Do you learn that? It is. Yeah. Practice, practice, practice. Yeah. 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 It really sticky is. Notes on your computer. Like sticky notes on your computer. <laughs> like, whoop, yep. Zip it. Yeah. Right. Ask, ask an open-ended question and then just be quiet and see what happens. Sometimes I will tell people like at least count to 10 mm-hmm. before you say anything again. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the other thing too, that, that I remember when I was taking coach training, Michelle teaches coaching now, which is kind of cool. And we both took the same training, but I remember one of the things was ask only one question and then stop talking. Yes. Because I want to ask like three or four in a row. And then I want to kind of answer what I think they're going to answer. It takes self-restraint. It takes self-restraint. And I'm so glad you brought that up because there is this element that, uh, you know, I mean, all people feel this to some extent, but like we want to be seen as intelligent, smart, well, like well-reasoned, we've thought everything out. And there's often a tendency when we ask a question uh, 
to want to explain the question or justify the question or ask a second or third question on top of that question. And actually what makes for a question that can really elicit a full response from a person you're with is to ask a very short question that's open-ended that starts with the word what or how and just see what emerges from there. Because then you as a leader have a sense of, it's almost like a sense of direction. Like, oh, okay, this is where this person is coming from. Now we can have a conversation. Yeah. So those people who follow my podcast, you guys know that I have a membership site. I have a course in there called Willpower Essentials. And so what you're just talking about, you know, we have to have this strength, this inner discipline to say it, zip it, be quiet. We also I think we've come up with a slogan, say it, zip it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we need to figure out one. Listen. (laughs) But you also can't be checking your email at the same time, Mm -hmm. having that like you have to be focused. And and willpower is the ability to avoid distractions, stay focused, manage your emotions, right? Which is really hard because, yeah, again, those emotions, oh, my God, they're going to think I'm stupid asking this question or this is, you know, I should know the answer. They're probably wondering why, like all of that inner dialogue and that um, you get triggered when you start to ask these different, they're going to wonder what I'm up to. I remember when I first took coach training and I come back, wonderful team lead. So she was really supportive. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to kind of practice this stuff. Okay. But it felt so awkward and I felt stupid and dumb and it fumbled out and she was so patient with me. And in the end, she's like, that's amazing, right? But I had to build a relationship to practice it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, what you're pointing to is uh, sort of, again, that feeling that we have to make everything look completely smooth and seamless as we're leading and to actually say, hey, I'm going to try some new skills here with you bear with me, it feels awkward to me, and let's see where this conversation goes, can really be helpful and and allow you both to be human, you know, in this conversation. Another thing that what you were saying brought up for me too, it's like so often, you know, we're so stuck around time, deadlines, we've got 10 minutes for this meeting, let's get it done. Like, and it can feel uncomfortable when I explain this to uh, leaders and teams, but it's almost like slow is the new fast. So by slowing things down and listening, you actually create so much more trust and collaboration as a group that getting the actual work done gets a lot faster. Yes. Yes. You know, Kevin Cashman's work? No, I don't actually. Oh, okay. Kevin Cashman wrote a book called The Pause Principle. I think it's The Pause Principle. And I have this quote that I have on my sticky note because I always have to read it. (laughs) It says, paradoxically, pause powers purposeful performance. Mm. Um, I think he's a CTI trained coach. Okay. Oh, I'll have to look him up. Uh, But it's, it's that paradox because we don't think if we pause that it's helping us. It's like, go, go, go faster. Hurry up. we got all these things to do. And like I say, we're whacking moles. Like we're just, you know, dealing with fires and crisis. And when we slow down, um, we do build those stronger relationships. When we activate that curiosity, as you said, that's when it becomes the superpower. Yeah. What's possible when leaders do this? Oh my gosh. I mean, even just like hearing you ask that question makes my shoulders sort of go down. So what I notice in leaders 
is that their work becomes much more human oriented, meaning that they get to be human too. Yes. And so much more collaborative. It really sort of flattens the, the, the organizational structure so that everyone is part of the conversation mm-hmm. and there are better solutions that are, that are come up because you're create, you're co-creating things together. Yeah. And um, it, it more, more uh, it, you know, things as a, as I said, slow is a new fast things get done quicker and easier and with more joy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's the key more joy. Yes. Well, and, and so, you know, the podcast is called surviving to thriving. It is not fun to be stuck in survival mode. No. And so many nonprofits spend half their life in, in survival mode. And when you said your shoulders drop, I love that. When I say to somebody like your shoulders are up to your ears, did you notice that <laughs> carry all this, you know, Yes. And we when, we, when we slow down and we balance with like what you said, the, the people and the procedures, like there is lots to get done. There's stuff to do, but you need people to do those jobs. We're not making widgets here in nonprofits. Yeah. Like there's, there's a human component that we need to bring in. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, ways to remind ourselves to do this kind of work is like you said, the post-it notes, there's, um, I'm going to give you a tip sheet at the end of this podcast with a list of possible questions you might ask, like, it's okay to have a cheat sheet next to you. Like, here's some good open-ended questions. Ask, you know, two or three of those in this meeting, Uh, you know, different ways that you can practice this. Because as you said, Kathy, it's feels a bit uncomfortable. It's a change of behavior. It's a different way at coming at a conversation at, and, and, and seeing yourself as a leader, uh, as someone who's empowering rather than taking care of or making the best decision. It's not like you're letting that other stuff go. It's just another skill that you're adding on to your repertoire that can be very impactful. And I love that you hinted on practice, 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 practice. When we, you know, so many women leaders, especially feel this imposter syndrome. And what happens is we get into leadership and we think we should know it all, Mm -hmm. right? But it starts with competence and then the courage to practice before you feel confident. Yeah. And so I don't know about you, but when I first started coaching, I did have those cheat sheets. I had sticky notes everywhere. Oh yeah. So I, so I was coming at it as a photographer. So I always had beautiful framed photos surrounding me in my studio. Right. So when I started coaching, I bought some frames with poster board in them and I wrote every powerful question I could think of. And I surrounded myself with a whole room of questions as a way to remind myself what to do. (laughs) Yes. Cheat sheets are great. Yes. And you, and, and so as leaders, you do not need to know all the answers and you should don't beat yourself up because you don't know how to do this effectively yet. Yes, It takes practice and lots of practice. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And any change of behavior really takes practice. It's like, it takes some time. So be patient with yourself, be willing to, you know, try it for a while. This isn't something that's just going to turn on like a switch. No, no. Uh, But notice the impact 
that it has. Notice how it may shift a relationship that you have with a colleague or shift the types of conversations you might be having around the work that you're doing. Just be, again, that's sort of the listener, like be attuned to what might be different about this Mm -hmm. and stick with it for a bit. Yeah. Cause it's going to take some time and you're going to fail. And it's absolutely. And then, yeah, over time, it will become more natural if, and this is the key, I think, if you slow down, like you said, if you stay in fast mode all the time, you will keep your manager's hat on and you'll never get into that coaching relationship piece. Absolutely. Absolutely. And here's why curiosity is a superpower. I, I mean, there's many reasons. This is what's coming up for me right now, too. It's a superpower for yourself. It, it It's the superpower where you get to feel like you also are part of something. And there's this so often with, with executive directors and people who are leading the organization that there's this feeling of separation, mm-hmm. you know, that they have to have uh, all the answers. And it's a super, curiosity is a superpower for you because it brings you, it drops you into the conversation as a contributor, but also as a listener and as an integrator. And that's what I, the, one of the impacts I see uh, for people too. It, it's, and that's part of the shoulders dropping kind of thing. Well, I, I will often say that your main job as a leader is to create a vision, get people where you want them to go, but to grow the people on your team to do that. And yeah, when you drop into that, connect with that person and feel that their growth, it's like a mom and you're like, yeah, like, oh my God, look what they did. And this is amazing. And yeah, that brings the meaning and the joy back in as a leader as well. Yeah. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. Very magic. Yeah. All right. Any, any other mistakes people make or any other tips you want to share around how to coach your employees? Yeah. uh, You know, there's, there's the questions, there's the listening. Those are the two absolute superpowers and zipping your mouth shut, just really <laughs> just forcing yourself not to say anything for a while. And it's okay if there's some silence, like that's okay. It feels a little uncomfortable, especially if people have not experienced that from you before. Um, and if you want to design with your person that you're with, like I'm trying out some new skills here, just know that this conversation is going to feel a bit different. And, um, you know, just calling it out, Yes, you know, whatever you need to do to feel like you're giving yourself permission to try these skills out. Yeah. So turn on your listening ears, zip your lip, (laughs) ask open-ended questions and be okay with silence. And then I, I think it's really important what we're saying about building that relationship with, you know, start with somebody safe perhaps, Yeah. but build that relationship where yeah, I'm trying some new skills out. Let's practice this and see where it goes. Yeah. And uh, here's a hot tip. This also works with your family, your kids, (laughs) Uh, you know, so it works with other people too. your best friend. Like, yeah. So I like your, your tip about, you know, try it somewhere where it feels safe. So if if, if it feels really challenging to try it at work, try it at home too. Yeah. Yeah. Tune up your listening ears and try a powerful question and see what might happen. Yeah. You know, I think I should do the cover for this video with like big ears for both of us. Oh, I like that. (laughs) You have permission to put big ears on my face. (laughs) 
get your Photoshop skills going, Kathy. (laughs) So true, though. The key really is listening, asking those powerful questions and then listen. It's it's so amazing. It's amazing. And it's so needed in our world, like on so many different levels. So if we could all just really tune in our listening skills to each other and be open-hearted and ask some open-ended questions to create a conversation, the world would be a better place. Uh, Amen to that. Yes. If we could all do that. And yeah, it starts with each of us and we can do it. We have the capacity to do it. And again, that comes back to that strength of will and desire to do it. So I hope that people have taken some notes and are going to go over and check out your podcast and learn more about what you guys do. But tell people where to find you, Michelle, and and the work that you and your team do. Yeah, so they can find me at fundraisingleadership.org. Both myself and my team are all listed there. And a lot of the work that we do is listed there. We have a free resources page on our website that has a lot of free resources. One of those is the tip sheet uh, about the superpower of curiosity and 10 questions you can uh, ask your team. Uh, So I encourage you to download that and to use that as your cheat sheet. Uh, And we also in the notes. Yeah. Okay, great. And you'll put the link in the notes. We also have a seven day coaching challenge that you can sign up for where you get an email every day for seven days. It gives you some coaching tips uh, that you can use when you coach your team. Ooh, that's pretty exciting. Okay. I might have to sign up for that and see what you guys. Yeah, go ahead and sign (laughs) up. Absolutely. Where's your favorite social channel to hang out on? I love LinkedIn. That's where you can find me. So Michelle Malloy Dillon. Uh, Michelle is with two L's. Malloy is with one L and Dillon is with two L's. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be in the link. Um, You can find me there and engage with me there as well. Good. Well, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Any last words of wisdom before we sign off? Oh, go out and coach. Just try it. Try it out. All right. Enjoy. Thank you, Michelle. All right. Thanks, Kathy. If you found today's episode helpful, then you are going to love the training library. Many women leaders in nonprofits wish that they had a coach or a mentor to help them, but they don't believe that they or their organization can afford it. Oh, but you can. Inside of the training library membership site, you will not only get access to affordable and easily accessible ongoing personal and professional development training, you will also have access to a leadership coach at your fingertips. That way, when you hit those inevitable challenges that leadership will bring your way, you'll have both the resources and the support to navigate your way through them with confidence, composure, and while keeping your integrity intact. To find out more, head to kathyarcher.com library. If you are enjoying the show, I'd love it if you could leave me a comment or a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Go make the rest of your day awesome.